This is the Old Republic Podcast. Spoiler warning for the Knights of the Old Republic series, Star Wars, The Old Republic, and all other media. This is where the fun begins. Well, hello, everyone. Today we are joined again by uh, the Nerf Herder Co., and we're so excited to have you on again. So how are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are the both of you? Doing Doing great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the last time we had you on, we were celebrating May the 4th and the start of the Bad Batch, and now here we are, the start of another new uh, Star Wars project. So made sense to have you back on. No, thank you. That feels like it was forever ago even though it was only just may (laughs) right yeah yeah it feels like it was just yesterday and also 100 years ago in the same time yes yeah (laughs) so i don't know time is weird right now like i'm almost kind of like saying last year you know like march 2019 and then it's like if i look at the calendar i'm like oh it's almost two years now um not ready for that but with you know uh the real world stuff, you know, going on. But it's kind of hilarious because, like, I do have a copy of The Odyssey of Star Wars, an epic poem, but I don't think anyone is talking about it because, like, what's happening right now is visions. Um, Yeah. So, Melissa, like, what was your, like, if you had to choose, like, top three vision episodes, what would you choose? Mm. Um, So, yeah, this was definitely tough i mean obviously all of the animation fits into like the japanese anime um you know genre but they're all very very different even if you look at the kind of um animation style some of them may be similar but the way they tell the story is is so different or the way that they use music um so i feel like the ones that i picked are kind of very different i feel like touches on different um parts of the anime genre but my mm-hmm. number one just right off the bat and this was actually this one was easy to pick but it was the duel um episode one um i thought that was such a um a great introduction to visions mm-hmm. you know it looks so different um yes it's animated but oftentimes when people think of anime it's not that kind of style Um, but I absolutely loved it. I loved the storyline. I loved how the animation fit into the whole, uh, Ronin story. Um, that one for me was just perfect. And then of course, you know, you've got the, what people are calling the umbrella lightsaber, um, which I thought was just amazing, um, to look at. And I think put general Grievous to shame. So, (laughs) um, so that, that episode just from top to bottom was awesome. And that's one that I would, you know, love to see expanded. I know it won't be, but that would be one I'd love to see, um, you know, more episodes on. Um, and then my second one was the Tatooine, uh, Rhapsody. I thought, um, including in there, um, you know, some J-pop or Japanese pop, um, was so cool. You know, I started listening to Japanese music, like, Oh, this makes me feel so old, like literally 20 years ago, um, just, you know, through illegal downloading music. Don't tell the FBI that I said that. But yeah. Um, and so including um, something like that in there, I thought was was really, really cool. Obviously, it's kind of way outside what most people think of when it comes to Star Wars music. And, you know, I saw some people's comments that they weren't a huge fan of it and they didn't feel like it fit the Star Wars universe. But you know, the whole point of this series was to think outside the box. It's not canon. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of fine with whatever they wanted to throw at us, but I thought that was was really cool. Um, and then obviously we got to go to Tatooine. Um, you know, we saw, um, you know, What's things that we've book? already seen before. Exactly. And I just, I thought that was, was really cool doing something new, but then bringing in something that, you know, we're all familiar with to kind of maybe ground it a little bit more. Um, and then I kind of have a tie for, um, my, my third, um, favorite episode, but for like two very different reasons. Um, so the tie is between the elder and the twins, um, with the elder, that one, I, I don't know. I just love the mood of the episode. Mm -hmm. I loved the storyline. Um, you know, I, I wanted to know more, um, you know, about the old guy, 
um, and kind of how he got to where he was. I, you know, I love the interaction between master and Padawan. Like I wanted to know way more um, about um, the master and things like that. Um, I just, I love the whole tone of that episode. Um, and then with the twins, um, I, I loved where they took some of it, you know, the, the lightsaber battle between the two of them, you know, basically out in space, some of the stuff they did. I just thought visually it, it was so cool. And then of course, anytime you throw an X-Wing into anything, I love it because the X-Wing besides the Millennium Falcon is my favorite, like Star Wars ship. So, um, yeah, so those two, they're pretty close in terms of how much I love them, but obviously for very, very different reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it sounds like if if you were big into you know like J-pop uh, for a long time, so was Vision something that you were looking forward to? Like when they announced it that there were going to be these anime shorts, were you yes, give this to me, or were uh, what were your expectations going into watching these? I guess. Yeah. So, um, so for those that don't um, already know like anything about me at all, but my husband, he's Japanese American, and he lived in Japan for five years. So. Since I've known him, which Facebook actually just told me 12 years uh, <laughs> ago, we became friends. So we've been married, what, about seven? So um, because he spent so much time there, little bits of Japanese culture have kind of always just been, you know, have been a part of my life since I've known him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always like anything that's kind of, you know, Japanese related. And then, of course, if when you put Star Wars together, like that's kind of, you know, made in heaven for me. Um, however, I've never really been that much into anime, you know, when I was, um, a little girl, like I did like watching Sailor Moon, you know, when I was a teenager, I think the only one that I ever watched was like, I think it was Gundam Wing. But besides that, like anime wasn't, hasn't really ever been my thing. Um, so, um, from that perspective, you know, I wasn't like super, super excited. However, um, I thought this was a great opportunity to kind of introduce um hopefully kind of parts of japanese culture um to star wars fans because many of them you know may not know that there actually is a connection between so much of japanese culture and filmmaking and um star wars so i thought marrying those two um you know made absolute sense and i i love how all the episodes turned out so i was the first trailer that came out you know i was i was pretty excited for it. I won't lie. Probably a little more excited than the Bad Batch, but don't shoot me for that. Anybody, please. (laughs) No, it's all good. We were both very excited uh, for it as well. Yeah. And honestly, like, I think that Star Wars Visions will inspire a lot of people who are going to become the next generation of creators. Like, this probably will inspire them just as much as, like, maybe the original Star Wars inspired a lot of people like that's what i think mm-hmm. yeah and i and i like i'm excited to eventually show my kids um some of these episodes i mean they're they're too young now they're only four and two but i think there's some of them um that would be fun for them to watch to kind of introduce them i think to some aspects of star wars you know obviously like lightsabers and things like that so um yeah like you said i'm excited for kind of the next generation or even maybe some people that are a little newer to Star Wars to um, to watch Visions because I think it's a great um, introduction as well as a continuation of the the Star Wars universe. Yeah, and yeah. I've just started today. I just started going and watching kind of the little like behind the scene featurette. They have one for each of the episodes that kind of talks about the uh, you know the production company that. Uh, made these and you know where they drew their inspiration and you know kind of what their perspective on the story they were trying to tell is and I I think that stuff like that is super fascinating to see where you know uh, you know these creators drew their inspiration from within the Star Wars galaxy and from from elsewhere and you know we'll get into that a little bit when we uh, you know dig into some of these articles but yeah I think that that's that's really great and like Cassia said I think it's going to be very inspirational for uh, you know, people's from, you know, a lot of different uh, backgrounds, uh, you know, coming coming forward to tell stories and uh, Star Wars and, you know, and uh, hopefully in other kind of fandoms and things to, you know, just see more uh, creative energy coming to it. Exactly. Yeah. It perfectly celebrates the connection that uh, Star Wars and Akira Kurosawa films have and kind of like the 
the greater like uh, Asian influence uh, on Star Wars, and I was like, oh, I love it. It's just so creative and so inspired, and I hope that Visions continues. So I'd be surprised if it didn't. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we shouldn't get off the hook. I think that, uh, you know, we made Melissa give her top three Visions episode, which is really hard to do because there's really nine nine top episodes. Um, but I think we should probably have to give our top three as well. You know, we put her on the spot. Uh, we should okay. probably uh, go through the ringer here, too. Okay. So we did have a Patreon episode where we kind of talked about them. Uh, but my top three is kind of similar to you, Melissa. Um my number one is The Duel. It's just like, I can't think of anything better that they could have started the season with. Uh, it just It's such a unique art style. Like, it's a black and white film that looks real, but it's stylized, and it just tells a simple story. And I like how the, the protagonist is not a Jedi, he's a Sith, but it's kind of like he's not mustache twirly evil. He <laughs> he has, like, you know, a balance to him, and it just kind of seems more, more real than sometimes the 2D, you know, kind of Western, like, very good or very evil, you know? And I think it's the most beautiful uh, out of all of them in my subjective way. And then I would say the ninth Jedi is, is close behind. It just was incredible and whimsical. And I was like, I really would like to see a continuation of this. It's just so unique to see just this episode. It felt like a whole movie, you know, and I wanted to see it continue. Like, you have a lightsaber forger and like I love forging stuff well I guess I forged one thing one time so maybe I can't say <laughs> I love forging stuff but like I forged a sword you know so like uh, yeah. it was really cool just to kind of like see a lightsaber forger or smith you know lightsaber smith you know and just all the different colors and and the twist, like who's Jedi, who's Sith, and I would love a book or like Envision season two. We we get a continuation, and then I love the twins. It's just so over the top, and it kind of felt like uh, some of like felt like it uh, harkened back to some of the iconic pieces from the sequel trilogy, like artistically uh and it's just like i would i i love that it's like a dark side girl and uh her brother is trying to save her it's just kind of a, of a reversal you know because it's usually like girls aren't evil you know and <laughs> just to see that w was really cool and uh i love the end it just filled me with so much hope and I'll probably end up doing a post on it sometime. Maybe, like, when this episode releases. Like, we're trying to release it, like, kind of the same week as uh, the Star Wars Visions Ronin novel by uh, uh, Emma uh, Miko Kandon comes out. So, by the time this episode comes out, I'll probably have already posted my uh, thoughts on Hope. But those are my top three. What about you? Uh, yeah, so my top three um, uh, have changed kind of kind of a couple times, but these are the ones that I kind of immediately uh, connected with. So I'm going to go with uh, these three for myself. So the Ninth Jedi um, and the Elder uh, for, you know, pretty much the same reasons that, you know, Melissa and Cassia have, you know, both kind of talked about those. And then I also I really liked Akakiri. Um, I liked that... Uh, just kind of the way that the story was told and it was kind of set off on this path that, you know, was, was always going to kind of end this way. Um, and I liked how it was kind of like a, kind of like a little bit of an homage and a little mirroring to the, uh, Anakin and Padme story. Uh, and I just kind of liked that 
I don't know. It's like a like a sharp bleakness, which is which is not great. But um, I don't know. Just something about that just kind of lingered in my mind after it ended. So um, yeah. So the Ninth Jedi, the Elder, and uh, Akakiri uh, were my top three. Yeah. So speaking of Anakin and Padme, uh, I did try out the across the stars candle, and like it, it just is. If you want something kind of like roses, but kind of, I don't know, like a little bit more complex, like I would say try out uh, Across the Stars. So um, recently you've kind of updated your, you have a new website and it it's very artistic and you even like included some blog articles. How did that update happen? Uh, yeah, so... Um, I used to, before I had kids or even before I had, um, you know, full-time jobs, I used to always love to write and I've wanted to try and find ways to kind of, um, get back into it a little bit. So I thought adding a blog section to my site, um, you know, even if in the end of the day, nobody reads it, um, I felt like it was kind of a good, like mental exercise for me, um, mm -hmm. to kind of stretch those skills, um, a little bit. And so um, in some cases, I've been using it as part of like my small business um, and creator highlight that I do every Saturday. Um, and so I, you know, do a little interview with a uh, small business or, or creator, and then I post that on Saturday with pictures of their work um, so that others can, can go and read it. Um, I also want to talk about different aspects with Star Wars. Um, you know, some of my favorite um, parts with it. It's kind of my plan. And then also um, I wanted to, to discuss like different tips and tricks for using the products that I have, because, you know, I've had um, more people than I thought I would have, you know, the wax molds, for instance, be the first ones that they had ever purchased in their, in their lives. So they weren't mm -hmm. entirely sure how to use them. You know, what do I, what kind of wax warmer should I get? Things like that. So I figured creating kind of a static article um, for stuff like that would be nice for people to kind of reference. Or if somebody asked me, you know, I don't have to type out a whole response to them. I could just be like, hey, check out this blog post here. And it kind of um, gives you all the information that you need. Or if you have any other questions, you know, you can reach out to me. So um, it's kind of been a, a nice little dumping ground um, for different ideas that I've had. And um, I felt like it was a good platform for me as well with the visions to um, focus on some um, things related to Japanese culture um, with Star Wars, kind of in the lead up to visions for people to read if they wanted to. Yeah. Kind of taking a look at the website here, I, I really like the kind of bold, you have these, uh, you know, very large, uh, you know, pictures of the products and things on there. So it's very, it's very nice to look at. And yeah, it's, it's always good to have like a you know, just a collection of resources. So like you said, so if, you know, people are uh, looking for your products to get tips and tricks and, you know, find out more stuff and get the news, you have a newsletter uh, that you send out uh, by email, which is uh, pretty great as well. I think Cassie and I both get that one. So. Oh, perfect. That's good to hear. Yeah. So uh, we were thinking like this would be a good time to have you on and like uh, kind of go through the uh, visions uh articles that you you put out on your site and kind of like so we could like learn more yeah sure um so the impetus to kind of start those um those articles was um when the um first trailer for visions came out obviously because i'm i was curious i was reading some comments i was even seeing some um tiktoks about it you know there were complaints that um you know, people didn't understand why um, they were doing, an, you know, an anime style series. What does, you know, anime have to do with Star Wars? You know, what does Japan have to do with Star Wars? And I'm like, oh, okay, let me <laughs> teach you. There's plenty out there. Um, and so I was excited to start this, you know, also just kind of given my, my background with, um, you know, Japanese culture. Like I am by no means an expert whatsoever, but um, I thought that I could at least do kind of, you know, a high level analysis for people so that, you know, for those individuals who didn't already know about the connection between Star Wars and Japanese culture and Japanese film, this could hopefully help them kind of understand why 
doing um, you know, this series in the form of anime made 100% sense. So kind of just based on the timing, I, you know, I picked four different things um, to look at. So the first one, um, and also because she's one of my favorite characters, but I took a look um, at Japanese influence with um, Padme. Then I looked at the Jedi. Then um, I talked about, um, you know, Kurosawa. And then I ended it by talking about uh, Kintsugi, which I'll go over um, a little bit more at the end. So again, I tried to keep these, you know, a little more bite-sized. Um, I wasn't gonna take the time to, you know, type out a dissertation. I figured, you know, most people probably wouldn't care to read that anyway. Um, so I tried not to get too academic with it. And again, just keep it something that, you know, somebody had five minutes, they could kind of read over it and go, okay, that's cool. Um, and so that's why I picked these, these four items. So the first one that I did, um, again, was on Padme. And I really focused on um, her whole look, in particular, looking at um, her, especially her makeup and her hair that was done for um, the throne room look, which is, of course, the iconic red dress with the, the lights um, on the bottom that, of course, had to, as I found out later, had to be like plugged in, um, you know, for them to work um, in the movie. Um, but that was the one that I wanted to focus on, because even looking at it really quick, I could see off the bat um, without doing any research that there was clear influences from um, Geisha um, in there. And then I'm, I'm sure most people are already aware of, but, you know, Geisha, um, you know, they're female performance artists that are trained in traditional Japanese art forms and like dance, singing, music, tea ceremonies and things like that. And today they still have Geisha, um, but they're obviously a much smaller population than they used to be. Um, and so you could see in her makeup where, you know, she had a white face. Geisha also do that as well. The red lips, um, the way her hair was done, you know, it was very clear that there was a lot of inspiration um, taken from there. Um, and then obviously besides me doing my own analysis on it, you know, you could um, see um, information from the costume designer as well as the concept artist, um, you know, that really backed up what I saw in there as being, you know, a lot of Japanese um, influence in it. Um, then the second article that I did um, was looking at the Jedi um, because you can clearly see um, how there's a lot of um, influence drawn um, from samurai. And, you know, again, I'm sure everybody knows what a samurai is, but just so we're on the, on the same page. But, um, you know, samurai were um, the warrior class um, within, you know, feudal Japan. Like today, unfortunately, there's no actual samurai left. Um, but they were um, highly revered um, and they had their own, you know, basically honor code um, called Bushido, um, you know, and this almost kind of is similar to like the Jedi code. So like they had their eight virtues that they followed. Um, so like justice, courage, benevolence, politeness, honesty, sincerity, um, honor, loyalty, character and self-control. And obviously right off the bat, you know, that sounds pretty much exactly like a Jedi. I'm just adding there, you know, that you can't get married for whatever reason. But, um, and so um, the more I looked into that, um, you know, I thought how interesting that tie was from the Jedi to the samurai, just in terms of how they were supposed to act. And then of course, when you look at what, um, you know, Jedi wore, it's very, very clear especially with the tunics and the cloaks, that those were um, drawn uh, right from samurai. Um, so like the different pieces that they would wear. Um, now, granted, you know, samurai tended to wear uh, something called a hakama, which is a skirt. And we didn't see the Jedi wearing that. They, you know, wore pants and boots, but um, their, their tunic and their cloaks looked exactly like um, what samurai would wear, even down to how flowy they were which to me never made sense to me why it needed to be so flowy. I feel like I would just be pushing it up everywhere, trying to get it out of the way as I'd be, you know, trying to fight somebody bad, but it mm -hmm. looked great. So, um, so that's totally fine. But um, so I, I saw, um, you know, a lot of connections between um, samurai and, and Jedi. So I wanted to make sure that, you know, I focused on, on that in one of my articles. 
And then um, recently, um, I finally got around to watching all of the uh, behind the scenes stuff for The Mandalorian. Um, and as I was watching that, and I'm glad I watched it because it, you know, jogged my memory on this. Um, when they're talking about kind of um, some of the influence that they've, they've used, besides obviously, you know, George Lucas um, and all that he created. But, you know, especially John Favreau, he kept dropping the name of, uh, you know, the Japanese director Kurosawa. And so I wanted to make sure that one of my articles I focused on on him, on who he was as a person, because I'm sure a lot of people kind of know his name, um, at least in passing, because he was such an influential director. Um, but I wanted to make sure that I um, kind of brought him to a little bit more of a wider audience, you know, put a picture to his name um, and things like that. So. And there I talked a little bit about him as a person. Um, and then I, I talked about how his work um, directly impacted Star Wars. Um, you know, there's, you know, a quote from, from Lucas that talks specifically about this. So, um, you know, it's not exactly a, an original idea that I had to talk about Kurosawa. Um, but what I wanted to, um, talk about a little bit more was showing um, some of the influences in Star Wars that you can very clearly see from, in particular, uh, Kurosawa's uh, film, The Hidden Fortress. Um, that one, um, as I was reading it, almost kind of felt like, you know, did George Lucas plagiarize a little bit more than I thought he had? <laughs> I know yeah. we keep saying influence, but um just because I thought that one was really interesting where the story starts, you know, with two peasants, they're escorting um, a man and woman across enemy lines in return for gold. They don't know who the man is that they're, um, that they're taking with them. Turns out he's a general, the woman's a princess, things like that. I'm like, that sounds pretty much just like a new hope. A princess um, in disguise too. Ex exactly. And then, mm -hmm. you know, they come across like, the big bad guy that they have to fight. Like, I I just thought it was was interesting. Um, I know Lucas said how he was you know heavily influenced by it, but I'm like, is it a little more than influence? But <laughs> either way, um, you know, you really can't deny the impact that Kurosawa had on on filmmaking overall, and then Star Wars. So, um, in the blog post, luckily somebody already did this work for me. Um, I, I linked to a YouTube video that somebody uh, took scenes from A New Hope, put it on top, and then they took what you could say might be like a corresponding scene um, from that film, The Hidden Fortress. And you can very clearly see um, the influence in there. So I just thought that was, was really interesting. And then for those people who may not be film buffs or don't really know anything about Kurosawa, I thought that that would be kind of a, a good introduction to that to kind of see like, yes, you know, as it is, A New Hope, you know, was incredibly original, but, you know, it didn't reinvent the wheel. Here's where it kind of took, you know, some of the influence. So, mm -hmm. um, so that was something that I wanted to make sure that I um, discussed in, in, in an article. Then the last one that I did, um, this one was partially educational, partially admittedly a little bit of an ad for what I was going to be releasing the next day. Um, and um, I wanted to talk about something called Kintsugi. So um, Kintsugi is basically the Japanese art of taking broken pottery and bending it with um, lacquer and then putting like gold, silver, or platinum on it. So it's the idea of, you know, when something breaks, a lot of times we just throw it away. We don't bother to fix it. But um, there's the idea in Japanese culture, or at least a part of it, that no, take these broken pieces and make something more beautiful from it. So um, we can see Kintsugi in Star Wars, um, actually in The Last Jedi, when we see um, you know, Kylo Ren's helmet and how it's been fixed and it has all those you know, red lines in it. At the time, obviously, I didn't know it was um, Kintsugi, but um, my husband kind of thought it was. And so when we were trying to figure out kind of what to do with these, um, the triangle vessels, um, which, you know, you had given me the idea to do them as a Sith holocron <laughs> series, which is fantastic. Um, he looked at that and thought, oh, 
that kind of looks like Kintsugi to me. So when I typed in Kintsugi with Star Wars, this popped up um, that that was the influence behind um, what they do with Kylo Ren's helmet. Um, you know, uh, director J.J. Abrams actually talked about it. Um, he didn't use the word Kintsugi, but he does talk about the process about taking like a broken ceramic item and, and fixing it. So uh, because of how striking that looks in particular here where they used red, which is not typical um, with doing actual Kintsugi, I thought, you know, that might look really cool doing it with this Sith holocron with, you know, Kylo Ren obviously being a Sith. Um, so with this article, not only did I want to discuss Kintsugi so people could understand like the idea behind what they did with Kylo Ren's helmet, you know, there was something a little bit more in depth behind it besides, you know, just trying to fix it and sticking glue in there. There was a little bit of symbolism behind um, doing something that was inspired by Kintsugi that basically, um, you know, with Kylo Ren, you know, AKA Ben Solo, um, you know, basically trying to, to mend and fix what's broken, you know, basically trying to make it a little poetic, I guess, um, if you want to go there. So along with explaining what Kintsugi was, um, I wanted to also introduce these new um, candle vessels that we've been working on and doing research and development on them for, I think, weeks. Um, so it's been kind of a long process um, working through these. So, um, so first I described what Kintsugi was, and then I went through kind of how we created um, these Sith holocron vessels you know, that we hand pour them um, with the concrete. Um, we hand etch the, um, the lines in there and paint them. We etch them in, and so that's why I call them, this is Kintsugi inspired, um, because the first one that we did um, as a test one, we actually did break it, mm -hmm. which that gave me so, so much anxiety, like breaking <laughs> something we made. I was like, okay, we can do it. Like my husband put in a bag, whacked it with a hammer. I'm like, okay. Um, and we glued it back together and things like that. But that was just a painstaking process because there was the gluing, there was the sanding, um, all that stuff. And of course, when it came down to it, I was like, hey, you know, let, let me see if like we've sealed it well enough. I'm going to try putting some water in it. Oh, water just started coming out and trickling down all these spots. I'm like, it looks good from the outside, but that's really not going to work for a candle. Mm -hmm. um, so we figured because that was such a time intensive process that we would change them to instead Kintsugi inspired and etching the lines in. Um, so we're not trying to like glue little pieces together. Um, and then we paint in the lines um, by hand. Wow. And then of course, um, the shape is influenced by the shape of the, the, of a Sith holocron. So it's just like a portion of the triangle, not the whole thing. Um, but we thought that that um, kind of worked well together. And then we put three wicks in there um, to make sure that it reaches every single corner, just because it is a weird shape, not your typical circle. Um, it needs a little more help to kind of make sure that the, the wax will, will melt evenly. So it's a, a little more finicky, but the way it's turned out, it's honestly the, you know, the best thing I feel like I've created. And you know, I've kept like two for myself. And every time I look at one, I'm like, Ooh, maybe I should keep that one. I'm like, no, no, no. You already have two. It's fine. Um, you know, introduce the world to the the rest of them, but they've the whole Kintsugi tying that to the Sith holocron. Um, you know, for me, at least I've been really happy and proud with how these have turned out so far. Yeah. It's, it's a work of art and like, triangle concrete vessels that you know are painted in kins kintsugi mm -hmm. yep kintsugi inspired like i think you're the one the only one i can really think of in the world so like uh it it's really cool because i have i think i snagged the last dark lord of the sith candle you did. which i'm yes. so glad i did uh they they went fast but Cause like I was just looking at it and I was just like, man, do I want to burn this? I just kind of want to like look at it for a really long time. <laughs> and, uh, it's just so cool because I can tell like it took a lot of work to create. It seems like it's, it's chrome silver painted. And then I did kind of notice like, I was like, oh, 
it's not broken, it's hand etched. And I was like, I wonder how they like create like the the Kintsugi inspired lines. Like, do you do that while it's it's drying or do you have like a drill or how do you create those? Yeah, so we have to wait until it's completely dried and, and cured. Um, so like we can take um, the concrete out of the mold that we use after about like 30 minutes, but we usually like to wait, you know, four hours before we touch it. Um, because especially with, um, you know, the, the dry air and, and things like that here, like there's just, there's a ton of different variables that we try and just leave it alone for as long as we can. So usually we don't even etch it the same day. We'll kind of give it, you know, about 24 hours. Um, and then when it comes to the etching, um, what we do is we kind of, um, we take a pencil and we draw lines um, just to make sure that, you know, things kind of look good and kind of make sense, like how something might actually break. Um, and then from there, we take um, a little uh, Dremel and we have um, a rotary tool that we put on and it's like super, super small that will then etch out these lines. But the tools that we're using are admittedly not really made for concrete. Um, they're usually made for doing like woodwork and stuff. Um, so we go through those little rotary tools pretty quick um, because it's obviously much harder on them because of, of the concrete. But, um, you know, it's been worth it uh, to work through that whole process because we we think it looks really good. And while it's not um, authentic by any means because we're not actually breaking it, um, we still think it gives, um, you know, enough of the vibe, I think that, that most people will kind of understand and get it and won't criticize the fact that it's not legit uh, Kintsugi. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely pays a nice homage to it. I'm just looking at the pictures here on the on the website. And yeah, it looks, yeah, it looks really cool the way it, it comes together and then gets painted in. Yeah. It's it's a work of art and uh some of the cantle vessels like when I'm done with them I put plants in them but I'm like maybe I could like keep this one on my desk not like with my plants so I could see it more, you know? And um just kind of looking at it like it's almost like the triangle is kind of like I think I kind of realize like why it's the Sith symbol. It's because like it's kind of like a pyramid, and like there's a lot of people vying for the top spot, you know, like to be number one mm. Sith. Mm -hmm. And then with Jedi, it's four uh, equal uh, lines, like everyone's equal in the Jedi Order, like you know, supposedly. But like uh, it's kind of like it's kind of more about balance and, and kind of like building blocks and, uh, like each line is equal and like, it's almost like the Knights of the round table, except it's a square. So like, <laughs> you know, so yeah. And when I, when I smelled the dark Lord of the Sith, uh, candle, I was kind of like, Oh, like, this kind of reminds me of, like, uh, a Count Dooku scent, you know, like, kind of like, mm. I kind of just imagine Count Dooku, like, the scent, like, if someone asked me, I'm like, uh, it's probably, like, he probably has some very nice clothes that are, like, freshly ironed, you know, so it's, like, kind of, like, steam, <laughs> maybe, like, a little bit of cotton or silk or something, but I'm like, I was like, that seems like it's it, you know, so. Yeah. So you've created like some beautiful uh, Sith holocrons, like and released them in time for visions. Like you said, you had plans for Jedi holocrons. Oh, how are those plans kind of going? Yeah, so those are in the very, 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 very beginning stages. Um, <clears throat> like we um, just did one, I think this past weekend, um, just to kind of see what what one might look like and also testing out kind of a new technique um, in terms of changing the color. Um, and so that honestly, just because we're coming up to the holidays, um, won't be really something that I think I'll be able to work on in an earnest way until probably beginning of next year, which I know sounds far away, but it's really not. In marketing, <laughs> it's already it's already uh, Mother's Day, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So 
Um, so, cause I already had, um, a square mold, although it turns out that it's way too big. Like this test vessel we made is massive. Like it would cost, I swear like $25 to ship. So definitely not worth it, but, um, it was fun, um, taking a look at kind of the color that we could, we could create, which I absolutely love. Um, we also did something and I, it was kind of tough to show it in, in the picture or at least make it look interesting, but, we did um, a, the bottom of it where it was actually um, white. So two different colors, which we haven't done before. And then one thing I'm going to test as well, because again, these are inspired by these things. Um, you know, I'm not directly copying any of them. Mm-hmm. What I'm also thinking of doing is um, taking some uh, basically gold leaf, not actual legit gold because that's way too expensive, but, <laughs> yeah. and um gluing it on there and making kind of another like layer on it. Um, because I've seen some other, um, people, especially on Etsy who create, you know, concrete vessels. And I see them do this work with gold or silver flakes and it looks absolutely beautiful. And so I thought that might be cool to kind of tie into the different lines that are on the holocron that, you know, we're kind of basing at least this first model on. Um, so yeah, this is major early stages, but it's definitely something that I'm going to pursue, um, because naturally I already have a lot of, you know, Jedi sense a little bit more than I do Sith. So, um, there's a lot more characters that I could use this one for. Um, so it's definitely something I'm going to do, but I think it's going to take a little bit more, um, you know, research and development to get there, but you know, we figured it out with the cis holocron. So I know we'll be able to do it for this one. Yeah, I'm excited. Like, I mean, if I had to be obsessed with candles, you know, like, I'm so glad I found uh, your Nerf Herder Co. Because, like, it, I think it's just like the perfect uh, candle company for for fandom. Like, not just Star Wars, but you have mm-hmm. Marvel, you have... Uh, some Indiana Jones, even some Hamilton and, and many others. And, uh, it's high quality scents and beautiful candles. No, thank you. I I appreciate that. Yeah. I I wanted to find some way to kind of differentiate my stuff from literally the hundreds, if not thousands of other candle companies out there. Um, and so since now I've kind of established, I feel like a, a good customer base and a good reach, um, it's, I feel like it's given me a little more flexibility to then start thinking a little bit more, um, outside of the box in terms of kind of how I present things. Um, mm-hmm. because, you know, I have, you know, my candle vessels that I already have that I buy from other suppliers and I absolutely love them, like no complaints with them, but, um, you know, there's other people that, you know, buy those same ones and I can find people that, you know, make candles and use those same ones to sell them on Etsy. So, um, you know, besides obviously having my sense tied to specific characters, you know, you know, like we've mentioned before, I want these to also kind of be like little art pieces um, that will look nice in your home and don't maybe immediately scream like Star Wars or Harry Potter or Marvel um, so that somebody would come into your home and not know that you're a major Star Wars nerd. Like, again, that not shaming that at all. But, you know, if you're the kind of person that might want to keep that a little more on the on the down low. Um, you know, having, you know, say for instance, like a Sith holocron in your house like this, you know, a non-Star Wars person isn't going to know what that is. They're just going to think it it looks really cool, but you'll know that it's Star Wars related. Um, And so that's what I want to start doing. Um, It's really with these candle vessels is making them, you know, more unique, more inspired by Star Wars. And um, I'm really happy so far with how these Sith holocron have come out and, you know, the reception that they've gotten. So, We'll kind of see how the Jedi holocron um, turns out. And then we'll kind of go from there in terms of where else I can pull from Star Wars to, um, you know, create these different candle vessels. Yeah. And we'll be loyal, you know, customers, (laughs) like, until our dying day, probably. But um, (laughs) yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So uh, we talked about, uh, just for the listeners out there, so the Dark Lord of the Sith, it's kind of like a, a smoke kind of scent and then what are the other two like is it the Kylo Ren and uh, Darth Maul scent 
Yep, that's correct. Um, so with Kylo Ren, I went with something that's a little spicy smelling, um, almost a little cinnamony, because I kind of wanted to lean towards his whole, uh, well, I wouldn't say it's just one side, it's his entire kind of anger. Um, and it, it kind of felt a little bit more of like an aggressive scent to me, um, something that I, I feel like somebody like him could wear. Um, and then with um, Darth Maul, that one, um, it's actually based on, um, I don't know if it actually still exists, but I know it did a long time ago. I'm pretty sure my brother may have even used it. Um, it's um, an Axe scent. Um, I think it was... Okay. I don't know. remember if it was dark chocolate or something, something like that. And it was just kind of a very manly-ish, but smooth, slightly sweet, because you got like that dark chocolate hint in there um, that I went with on it. Um, and, it, you know, it's kind of strong because I feel like he'd be the kind of person that, um, you know, wouldn't really be bothered by the fact that you could smell his cologne, you know, from 15 feet away and that wouldn't bother him. <laughs> Um, and so that's where I kind of went with on that scent. So I would say probably overall, the Sith scents are stronger. Um, because again, that I feel like that's just kind of built into their, their personalities and they're more in your face, naturally more aggressive. Um, mm -hmm. So that's kind of common um, with all of them. And then, you know, as you discussed with the Dark Lord of the Sith scent, which is for Darth Vader, I went with something that was a little bit smoky, which kind of ties to the Anakin Skywalker scent that I have that has a little bit of that smoke scent too. Um, and then that you can also kind of smell um, a bit of campfire and then a little bit of suede, which I kind of thought went well um, thinking about his like his suit and things like that. Exactly. Um, so that's where I kind of went um, uh, with those scents. So. Yeah. So uh the message you know we're trying to impart is like if you can <laughs> snag one of these sith holocrons uh you won't regret it it's a it's a work of art and then do you have any candle teases like for uh kind of like the holiday season um so nothing specific i guess um for the holiday season per se. I mean, I've, I released my Halloween and fall items and then I'll do some stuff for Christmas later. Um, but uh, that's really, I think all that I kind of have planned that will be brand new. However, um, specifically in, in speaking to you and then of course with the, um, the, the news about um, um, the, uh, what is it? The remaster, if you want to call it. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Knights of the Old Republic. Um, that kind of pushed me, I think, a little bit um, that probably I would say within the next couple of weeks, I will probably have something for for Revan. So yeah. that's my plan. That. Yeah. So I'm you know, <laughs> trying to keep it cool and not nerd out too much. But you yeah. Know, like, so. <laughs> So, so Cassia is already refreshing the website just to get her yeah. order in as, as soon as it comes out for sure. Keep that, you know, refreshed. So um, I figured the both of you would like, <laughs> like to hear that, but, but that's been, I mean, that's been on my brain for a bit. Um, but I figured I'll just get to that next year. It'll be fine. Um, but with the recent news that came out in the trailer, I'm like, well, I should probably push that a little earlier than I had planned. So um, I am hopefully going to be also including that as, um, as part of the Sith Holocron series, oh, um, no. as well. Oh no. So I'm I just going to try and knock everything out at, at one time. <laughs> so. Oh man. Like, oh my gosh. Like, I'm like, oh darn it. Now I'm going to have to get five, you know, Darth Revan <laughs> Sith Holocrons, but you know, it, it's fine. Well, don't worry. Yeah. This series, um, you know, I call it special edition just because it does take us you know, really two to three days to create a single one. Um, so they are special edition in terms of um, that, you know, the, the stock will be kind of small. However, it's part of my permanent line. So, you know, if you can't get one during, you know, one time I restock it, don't worry. Like it's definitely going to, to come back. So don't, don't stress out too much. If like, you know, the first round you can't get one, it'll, it'll come back. Ah, awesome. So <laughs> that that's good. That's a that's a huge weight off of our shoulders for sure. <laughs> and if you ever need uh, any like 
if you need us to explain the KOTOR, you know, to you and like any suggestions, we humbly offer, you know, <laughs> our expertise. So Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. So uh, where can our listeners uh, find and support you? Yeah. So um, you can find me at Instagram. Um, I'm pretty active on there posting um, pretty much every day. I'm also on TikTok, although you will not see me do any you know, dances <laughs> or things like that. It's really just to kind of, you know, show off um, the products. You can see them in real time versus just one static picture. Um, and then if you also um, are on Facebook, you can follow us there as well, because I cross post um, my Instagram and my Facebook posts. Yeah. Okay. Great. Absolutely. And um, if you want to make sure you know when the uh, new uh, you know, KOTOR inspired scents or any other new scents are coming out, you should definitely go to uh, your website, which is the nerfhergerco.com and make sure you know you get signed up on there. You can read through the blog. You can get, I think, signed up for the newsletter on there. Is that right? That's correct. Yep. Right at the bottom of um, really every page, you can um, sign up for the newsletter. They're pretty easy. Awesome. Yeah, thanks again for joining us, Melissa. And to all of our listeners out there, may this force be with you. And you can find us on Instagram at Old Republic Podcast. And if you want to connect with me, I can be found on Instagram at Astro underscore Droid underscore. And you can connect with us on Twitter at Old Republic Pod. On Patreon, the link is in our Instagram bio, or you can find it at www.patreon.com slash Old Republic Podcast. The Old Republic Podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Subscriptions, reviews, and shares help us out. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Alistair Schurman at alistairsounds.wixsite.com forward slash Alistair Sounds. Our transition music was composed by Christian Walker at christianwalkermusic.com. This episode of the Old Republic podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the force be with you. We'll be back soon. Bye for now.